Welcome to Autoimmune Revolution Radio. I'm your host, Justin Janoska, clinician and founder of the Autoimmune Revolution. After watching my mom suffer with autoimmune disease, I have made it my mission and purpose to help people like you. Unlock the door to better results, regain control of your body, and feel like yourself again. I want you to become an autoimmune alchemist and get your life back. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. May you be filled today with joy, abundance, and loving kindness. Peace and love. When the mind is still tranquil, not seeking an answer or a solution, neither resisting or avoiding, it is only then that there can be a regeneration because then the mind is capable of perceiving what is true. And it is the truth that liberates, not the effort to be free. That was something that uh, has always stuck with me. It's something that my therapist told me years ago, a couple years ago, actually. And we were discussing really the power of just seeing things for what they are and what the reality is. And this is maybe a simple concept, but honestly, if we can really settle in with the truth of something, whether we like it or not, there could be a lot of freedom from that. And it's something I've always told clients and tell people. It's especially with trauma, it is the truth that liberates, not the effort to be free. We don't need to effort our way out of pain and problems and to find freedom. It's not a there's no task at hand. There's nothing to do. It's not about doing things. It's about being with what is. And if we can if we can bear and hold that truth with kindness and curiosity in a beginner's mind, we can see that can really liberate us from neuroses, addictions, and pain and emotions. And I'm not saying it's that simple, but it can open the door to that. And when you can really see that, oh, this is what really happened. My parents did the best they could. I went through this situation. I didn't have any support. I didn't have any resources. And you can see things for what they are, like I said. One of the biggest revelations I had in my healing journey was seeing that my parents were struggling a lot <clears throat> with things, uh, especially my mom and her past and trauma and her um, difficulty with expressing emotions or communicating them or just had a lot of unresolved um, anger and, and fear and um, things I've noticed and how that was coming out and her behaviors. I'm not here to pick on my parents or anything like that, but just saying that it took me a while to see that there where was a wounded part in in my mom and in my dad. I can see it in a lot of people now without even really knowing them. I can see their parts coming out. And at some point I realized, you know, this isn't about me. It's not about the situation. It's it's just about the fact that people are doing the best they can given what happened to them and this is how it's manifesting. And when you can see that people are just working through wounds and are walking around as wounded adults, not everybody, but a lot of people are, then you can re you can stop taking things so personally. And there was a lot of freedom in, in that. And um, for me, that's how I was able to kind of let go of some anger and resentment and feelings I didn't like anymore. And that is why this is so powerful. So I wanted to start with that because it really segues into our discussion today around what I call the three S's, silence, stillness, and solitude. I've talked about this on Instagram a couple times in 
in the past year or two, I think. But it's one of the things that, one of the themes that I talk about a lot with our clients at the autoimmune revolution. And there are a lot of, there are many healing ingredients that we're using, right? But what I'm talking about here is really in the psyche, the mental health, the the way we think, and yeah, of course, how we act too. But it's not from the place of not from a place of doing, and I need to fix my body and do all these interventions and protocols type of thing. Like there's a healing journey where we do those things to fix the body, quote unquote, right? But there is the spiritual journey, which is really about going inside, connecting with source, whatever that is, God, or maybe nothing, and whatever that is for you, and finding meaning and purpose, and uh, getting really inquisitive about those types of things. And you do that in a place of silence, solitude, and stillness. And it's one of the most powerful healing modalities we can do. It doesn't mean you sit there and you meditate and do nothing. I'm not saying that necessarily, but whatever it is, you can be eyes open, eyes closed, anything that involves stillness, silence, or being by yourself. And there's many ways that can look for people. For me, it's playing with my guitar, writing music, maybe singing or practicing singing, walking in nature, being in the dead stillness of the woods. Um, you know, and that that's that brings a lot of tranquility and peace for me and a lot of uh, opportunities to explore something that I've been sitting with or just actually having an open, curious mind and seeing what comes up. And that's the power of what I'm saying here. So I want to uh, expand on this a little bit because this is something that you can definitely do and incorporate into your life and in your healing journey. And I encourage you to do it because it's not always about finding the next protocol and detox and you know quick fix thing and the next trendy thing because that comes and goes and that's not really the answer. It's not what people really need. It's more about going inside, I think, and that's the missing link and the missing ingredient for people uh, in their healing journey and why they're not getting the results they want with any disease or illness, really, especially with trauma, okay? So with the three S's here, this also means being alone, like I said, at times which is going to be uncomfortable for people if you're not used to that. Look, you're, you're talking to somebody who had an anxious, preoccupied attachment style, and I couldn't, I, I hated being alone. I couldn't even go away to college um, without coming home every weekend because I couldn't deal with it. I just couldn't, you know, escape and or... I couldn't leave my home and what was familiar to me, my friends, my family, and the you know the things that I've been so used to uh, experiencing. And then eventually, I moved to LA and after graduate school, and I had a little bit more strength and ability at that point. But wow, it changed my life. Being alone for three years literally did everything for me. And help me evolve and grow. And that's why it's so powerful. I'm not saying you have to do this for yourself um, for an extended period of time or be alone for three years. I'm not suggesting that, but it just speaks to the truth that being alone has a lot of power. And if we're so used to being attached to people and being in a relationship and we're chasing the next person to be with and we can't be alone and we hate not having roommates or whatever, like that, there's something there. And that's why we really need to break away from that 
not to say that you can't go back to that, but find out what's driving that and what would it feel like? What would it be like to be alone? Because you might find that that might flip the switch and allow you to accelerate and elevate to the next level of your hum- humanness, <laughs> of who you are as a human. Okay, so there is a difference though between solitude and loneliness. I want to make that clear because uh, loneliness, people think it's the same thing and it's not. But alone, being alone is, I remember reading something that said aloneness or being alone is the glory, the pleasure of being alone. And loneliness is the pain of being alone. Okay, if you don't, if if you feel lonely, it's because maybe you don't have a a network of people or community or friends, or you're lacking that. Because that's definitely very valid. Because we need that to to survive as humans. We need that connection, right? But alone, being alone is a choice. It is a decision you're making for a certain reason or intention. And yet, the connection, the community, the friends you have, the network is still there, right? You're just being alone. We all have that, I think, craving for downtime. And I'm like that. I'll be out and about and be very extroverted. You can see that I probably am most of the time. And I need to recharge. I need to be alone. I need to just be away from people. And that's just to recharge my batteries and to do things that um, are going to allow me to go inside and, and have this sort of introspective look as to what I'm feeling and what I'm needing to do for myself, right? So that's the difference. Loneliness is something um, you you are maybe struggling with, and that's okay, but think about the power of being alone and what that could bring for you. Loneliness is like a state of mind. You choose to feel lonely, but you don't have to feel lonely. It's really tough though, because people will do everything possible to avoid being alone. And oftentimes it's because they have never tried it and they're afraid of being alone. And like I said, they're uncomfortable with it because they're not used to it. They're used to having company all the time. But I'm telling you, if we can embrace being alone, we can explore things with the right tools and techniques, of course, which is kind of beyond this discussion today. And from there, we, at least for me, I noticed this. I I started to change the way I show up in the world and how I think and act and and believe. And um, my emotional regulation was much better, my emotional intelligence. And our relationships are much stronger when we do this time to time. Not just with ourselves, which is the real benefit, but with others, especially romantically. You're not in this anxious attachment style and you're not clingy and needy and you start to have this autonomy and independence and that is really attractive honestly we need more of that um you know but we can all get there because i certainly was not like that all my life i had to do some work to get to that point so i encourage you to befriend the loneliness you might be feeling if you ever feel this or have felt it or feel it right now. If we can give it a test drive, this idea of being alone, stick it out, endure it, we can see the beauty that's there and there could be some big liberation of freedom. That's what I experienced. So for me, the biggest lessons, the most profound teachings in life come through silence, stillness, and solitude. I think solitude 
which is really a choice of being alone, is, is not a luxury. It is a necessity. We are infinite awareness. We are stillness and love. And we are humans that evaporate into the eternal. And I'll read you a quote that I gathered from something I read some time ago. And it says, you long for peace. You think of peace as being goodwill towards each other, goodwill among the nations, the laying down of arms. But peace is far more than this. It can only be understood and realized within your heart. It lies beneath all the turmoil and noise and glamour of the world, beneath feeling, beneath thought. It is found in the deep, deep silence and stillness of the soul. So this comes back to the whole notion of, yeah, we can try to control the world and people and situations outside of us to find peace, but honestly, that is a very uh, formidable task and maybe uh, an ongoing lifelong battle that you never achieve. An easier approach is to go inside and find the peace within, the stillness and the silence. Another quote I like to say a lot, I may, have, I may have said it on the podcast before, is serenity is not freedom from the storm, it's peace amidst the storm. So there's a storm of life going on in a lot of ways for, your, for all of us uh, individually, collectively, right? But we can find serenity and peace within by going inside in the eye of the storm, which is going inside and finding stillness and silence. So that is why we do this. It's always available, like instantaneously. And solitude and being alone increases this completeness, this strength, this resilience, this wholeness that I'm speaking about. I think one of the best practices that we can do, and I'll I'll give you this sort of um, thing you can try, is to create what's known as gaps. And this is sort of this idea that we can uh, pause and create this gap between what we're doing right now. Like if I'm talking to you on this on this podcast, I stop what I'm doing and I just get into my senses and, and get in touch with what I'm hearing, what I'm feeling, what I'm sensing internally, externally, and clear all thoughts, just be a blank canvas, an open sky with no clouds for a minute and then re-engage back into what I'm doing. That's creating a gap. You're connecting with the blessings of your surroundings, the stillness, the sacredness, the spaciousness, the expansiveness. And that's a feeling that is very, very calm and peaceful. If you can really sit with it and let it sink in, let it saturate your heart and feel it in your body. It takes practice. It's not like a one-time thing usually because our mind is still going to run around and start thinking about things. That's why we meditate. It takes. It's a muscle you got to use over and over again and train it but that's basically what you're doing is you're having a brief minute of mindfulness meditation but call it that or not either way that's the idea and if you can let that sink in you can kind of carry this into your day the stillness that stays with you you're going about your day you're working you're engaging with people but there's a stillness within you that allows you to not react to everything that's And we're not perfect at it, I'm not either. But we get better over time. Like literally yesterday, uh, there was somebody that kind of cut me off on the highway and uh, 
came out of the left lane a little bit and he kind of just jumped in front of me. Um, I didn't didn't see them at all, but I didn't slow down because I didn't see them and they kind of just went right over and then the guy in the passenger seat stuck his finger out of the window, which I believe was uh, flipped me off. But either way, I just took it as, oh, interesting. Yeah, they don't really understand, I guess, what my perception of this is, but there was no need for me to engage in that by honking or yelling at the window or making any motion or gesture. There was a stillness that was, that was there, and it just carried on. And that's kind of what I mean. You're not going to notice it until you start living life and, and seeing how it unfolds. So that's my recommendation for you is to – you can honestly set a timer or not a timer, an alarm on your phone. I would have clients do that where they just set a random time on their phone for like, you know, right in the middle of your day when you know you're busy, like 2, 16 p.m. or, you know, 10, 38 a.m. And have that be like in the in the uh, label, you put gap, right? That way you know it's time to, make, time to create a gap for a minute, one minute gap. And when that goes off, you're going to pause briefly Take some really deep breaths from your diaphragm, breathe deeply and mindfully, clear your thoughts, clear your mind in the middle of living, right? And you're getting rid of the ego and being self-absorbed and you're just fully awake and present and you're engaging with your awareness. And then after the minute is up, go back into your activities, right? And just see what changes for you. It's, it's actually quite amazing how it can really interrupt a lot of problems uh, or, or prevent certain problems and really disrupt any sort of um, unhelpful thoughts or feelings or behaviors that we're engaged in, okay? So there is a lot that we could do with this, and I'm just kind of throwing out different ideas of how you can engage in silence and stillness because I don't want to say, well, just go for a walk and go take an Epsom salt bath and sit in the library or stare at the wall. It's not like that. It's like you're being very intentional with where you are and what you're doing. So I would really think about where you could find refuge and safety and calmness. And really, it's going to start with finding a place that feels that can cultivate that feeling for you. You can create it in your mind's eye by going to a place in your in your mind. I'll do that time to time. But it's even better to go out into nature in the woods or by the lake or the body of water or the mountain or a hill or a grassy field, whatever it is. Um, I have a client who loves to lie in the grass and just kind of spend her time there for a minute or several minutes with stillness and silence. And that's very, very regulating to a nervous system that needs a lot of regulating. So that's also the benefit is for, for most of us who are sick, we have a very dysregulated nervous system and we're stuck in survival mode. So doing this is going to really shift that. And that's probably why a lot of people and clients I, I work with see profound changes in their symptoms because they're doing this sort of thing a lot. And that's probably making the biggest change in their progress and why they're seeing results because they're doing things that are providing their body with safety, that message of safety. And that's the secret wisdom and the thing that I'm really emphasizing with clients. It doesn't mean we're not doing other things, but that's a very, very powerful factor. Okay. So I'm going to leave you with that. And I hope that gives you something to think about. And 
you know, again, just find a minute or, you know, I would say, number one, create an alarm for it, find a time to create a gap and do that once or twice a day if you'd like to. Maybe start with one. And then what is, find, uh, a, you know, five, t- maybe half an hour, 20, 30 minute block of time where you can go to your sacred place, wherever that is, do something that's going to be really nurturing for you. Maybe it's mindfulness, maybe it's reading a book, maybe it's going inside, meditating, maybe it's listening to music, you know, just something that's going to bring you peace and it's all about you and you being alone and not worrying about what's going on with work or your kids or your partner, your your phone isn't with you. You know, you got to really engage with reality and your surroundings and not with what's going on in social media, okay? And just see what that does for you. But I'm telling you, it's really, really powerful. If you set intention to do it and you're patient with it and you're consistent and you do it again and again, it's not a one-time thing, okay? Aloneness is very powerful. And just revel in that and see what that can do for you. All right? So thank you so much for listening. And let me know if you have any questions about this. You know where to find me, at Justin Janoska on Instagram. And I'm here for you if you need it. But thank you for tuning in again, and I will see you next time on Autoimmune Revolution Radio.